Thanks, Fabian. And as Fabian uh, just prayed, uh, it's my honor to introduce to you a guest preacher this morning. Uh, over the past few years, God has been uh, so kind to, to bring a number of pastors uh, into worshiping uh, with us on Sunday mornings who've recently retired from pastoral their pastoral ministry. Some of them I knew, uh, some I did not know, and, and they are to me friends and mentors, guides on the road to ministry. Uh, really, truly unbelievable gifts to our church, uh, and I'm so thankful this morning we have the privilege of hearing from one of them, uh, Pastor Don Miller. Uh, I heard about Don uh, years and years ago. I was on the campus of Chapel Hill and had students uh, in part of my ministry who grew up uh, uh, under uh, Pastor Don's ministry in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, Don Miller was the senior pastor of Westover Church in Greensboro, North Carolina for 31 years, uh, retired a little over a year ago. There, uh, he's married to his wife, Donna. Uh, they have two children and six grandchildren. He loves God's word. He loves God's church. And, and I'm excited to hear God speak through him this morning. So if you'll welcome Pastor Don Miller with me, give him a warm welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Well, I have the privilege not only to be with you today, but to speak about your pastor's, our pastor's heart. His heart for you and me, the people of Christ Central. Now, when I say pastor, I'm not only referring to Pastor Daniel, I'm also including pastors Timothy and Evan, but I'm also including their wives. And this morning, I took the back of the bulletin and I put a great big circle around our great staff. So today, when I say, you can applaud for that, yeah. So today when I say pastor, please know I'm including this larger group. I want to speak about their heart for you. Now, I feel I'm qualified because I've been a pastor for almost 50 years, and I can prove that. There's no iPad up here, there's notes. You haven't seen notes for years. So this proves I'm old. I feel qualified also because Donna and I have grown to love this place. Daniel, Timothy, and Evan have become my pastors. I was in my last church in Greensboro for over 30 years, so when the new pastor came, I needed to give him space. So Donna and I visited Christ Central one time. That was a year and a half ago. We keep coming back. Every Sunday, we drive from Greensboro. Why? I already told you. Because we love this place. I get the sense, not only is this special, but God is doing something special here. And one of the reasons is, I love our pastor's hearts. A couple of years ago, I went to a routine visit to my cardiologist. She ordered a fairly common test, one I've had many times, an echocardiogram. But this time, as I read my, my chart summary, I saw I had a valve that was leaking. Even I knew that wasn't good. And a few weeks later, I ended up in the hospital for a week to have my leaking heart, not my achy heart, my leaking heart, surgically repaired. Now normally, a leaking heart is not good. 
But today I want to show you what oozes from our pastors and our staff's hearts. And in this case, it's a good thing. I'd like to do that by looking at Paul's heart for the Philippians. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Now, he wasn't a pastor, but oh my, he had a pastor's heart. And if you're able, would you now please stand with me? And we're going to read, I'm going to read to you verses starting at verse 3. We'll cover about the first 18 verses, but I'll read a portion of that now. Pay attention to Paul's heart for the Philippians, beginning at verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. We'll stop there. In the book of Nehemiah, we're told that Ezra opened the book, and as he did, the people stood. And when he was finished, in response, the people shouted, Amen and Amen. Church, this is God's Word. Will you pray with me? Good morning, Father. In your Word, Isaiah tells us, As a mother, so God. So today I thank you for being both my mother and my eternal father. My prayer is simply that we would get a glimpse of how much your son, our chief shepherd, loves his people, his church, for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today, we're really talking about the church, but thankfully, not about church government, not about church finances, not about church discipline, but rather one tiny aspect God desires every church to experience. And yet I don't know if I've ever heard it preached on. That being the very special relationship between pastor and people and people and pastor. Today as we look at our pastor's hearts, from Paul, I want us to consider three things, a pastor's love, a pastor's passion, and a pastor's sacrifice. First, a pastor's love. Paul was writing a thank you letter to the people of Philippi for their financial gifts. While Paul was being held under house arrest in Rome, and that went on for two years. Did you catch as we read how Paul's heart oozes with love, 
Verse 4, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Verse 7, maybe our key verse, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul's heart is leaking, and it's a good thing. And so, as a longtime pastor, allow me to speak very personally about a pastor's love for his people. Now, notice I said his people. Our pastors know you are not their people. You are God's people. This is not Daniel's or Evan's or Timothy's or Emilio's church. And yet, a pastor has such affection, he feels as if you are his people. Now, a healthy pastor finds, finds the balance in that. If not, a pastor can become controlling or even abusive. Stay away from that person. The pastor's not your Holy Spirit. But one New Testament term for pastor is shepherd. Pastor, shepherd. And as a shepherd, he cares for you. Try as I will today, it simply is not possible for me to explain how your pastors feel for you and me, the people of Christ Central. When I was a kid, the Beatles were huge. I told you, I'm old. And one of their songs went like this. You'll never know how much I really love you. You'll never know how much I really care. I should bring the three of you up here to sing it. Because church, I'm telling you, you will never fully understand, never, their love for you. For when you hurt, they hurt. And when you celebrate, they celebrate. Just as Paul said to the Romans, to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And that's not always easy. There's a lot of emotion in that. It can be like a roller coaster and it can take its toll over time. Pastors can, can have compassion fatigue at times. For instance, yesterday, Donna and I were with a wonderful family who we love with all of our heart. This man was on the search team that brought me to Greensboro 32 years ago. I have married three of their kids. We've celebrate, celebrated the birth of several of their grandchildren. And yesterday we gathered, but not for a wedding, but for a funeral. The death of their 41-year-old son who took his life. I tell you, when you hurt, we hurt. But then there is rejoicing as well. Abby was on our worship team for years. Abby, without question, the most powerful voice I've ever experienced in all my years of ministry. Abby stood four foot ten inches tall. She and her husband, Todd, for years were unable to have kids. This is Mother's Day. I imagine there are some people here, that's where you are. I was meeting with Abby, she was on our staff, and I was meeting with her as I did every week, 
And in that meeting, she whispered to me, I'm pregnant. Well, as soon as I heard those words, I jumped up. I'm 6'3", six, 6'4", six, she's 4 something. I jumped up, I picked her up out of the chair, and I swung her around and I went, woo-hoo! Because when you rejoice, we rejoice. When I was a young, young pastor in St. Louis, an older couple was having trouble having children. But finally, they gave birth to a daughter, and things were going well. But then in day two or three, I got a, an urgent call to rush to the hospital. And it was obvious when I got there, things were not going well. In fact, after I was there about an hour, the baby was pronounced dead. And they unhooked her so that mom and dad, for the first time, could hold their daughter. And as Bill was holding his daughter, he looked at me and said, Pastor, please hold our daughter. They didn't teach that in seminary. There was a part of me that was scared to death. But there was a part of me out of love for Bill and Wanda, so I took that daughter in my arms and held her close. You'll never know. You'll never know. And then pastors not only grieve with their people, they also grieve over their people. As pastors, we're very fallible, we're very human, we do stupid stuff. And so we grieve over our sin, but we also grieve over your sin. When you blow it, when, when you do stupid things, when you make bad decisions, when your marriages are in trouble. I could go on and on, so many stories, but you get the idea. Verse 7, one more time. Paul said, but these could be Daniel's words. These could be Timothy's words. These could be Evan's words. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. You'll never know how much they really love you. Secondly, now let's look at a pastor's passion. It's verse 12. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, I want you to know, sisters, what has happened to me. He's speaking about being arrested, being detained, being in chains. What has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. That was Paul's passion. Church, this is our pastor's passion. This is our staff's passion to advance the gospel no matter what. Now, with this passion, church, comes a burden. That's right, a burden. For one thing, to ensure that we are proclaiming the gospel. Remember what Paul wrote to the Galatians? He said, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who has called you by the grace of Christ. And you're turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Pastor Daniel is passionate that the gospel, this gospel of grace, not of ourselves, is proclaimed here. Why? Because almost everyone out there thinks he is good enough. And so our pastors must be diligent not to preach a watered-down version of the gospel, 
We're not selling religion or a modern version of spirituality. What we are dealing with is life and death, eternal matters, being dead to self and alive to Christ. So along with the passion for the gospel, pastors carry this burden of the gospel. For this gospel is not popular. This gospel is and always has been offensive. As a young pastor, in fact, it was my first Easter to preach. We were in a new building. It was in St. Louis. We were growing like crazy. And uh, my office was to the corner of the platform and the worship room that we had built. And normally I could walk out 30 minutes before the first of our service and there would be no one there. Maybe some people rehearsing worship like they were today. But on this day, Easter, I walked out about 30 minutes before the service and there were 30 people already there. And I didn't know any of them, not one. And I remember going back to my office and I began to sob because I was overcome at both the privilege and the responsibility of sharing the Easter story. You see, I had no idea. I didn't know any of those people. I didn't know if they knew. I didn't know if they believed Jesus was alive. And I felt the burden of their eternity. You see, that day I wasn't talking politics or economics. I wasn't, wasn't trying to close a business deal. And so like your pastors, I felt the weight of the gospel. Pastor Daniel not only loves you, but he and his staff are passionate to advance the gospel, reaching more and more people throughout Durham, let alone the world. It truly isn't about programs or a building or budgets. It's about advancing the gospel no matter what. Our pastors are passionate about advancing the gospel. And as verse 5 said, to do it in partnership with you and me. It oozes from their hearts, and that's a good thing. So we've seen a pastor's love. We've seen a pastor's passion. Now let's talk about a pastor's sacrifice. At the end of verse 13, Paul went on to say, I am in chains for Christ. And he then listed several impacts, positive impacts of his sacrifice. For instance, because of Paul's boldness, others had become more courageous in sharing the gospel. Some, even among the palace guard, incredibly reaching members of Caesar's household, now, that was the result of Paul's sacrifice. What about our pastors? I've never known any of them to be in prison. Daniel, ever in prison? Okay. So allow me to give a few examples. I'll, I'll mention four. First, there is the sacrifice of time. Being available to all of you while at the same time not only being available to their families, but maintaining family as priority. Now that's a tough balance. It's not easy. We all wrestle with that, right? But what's different 
for pastors is how many people they have in their lives. As a young couple, Donna and I were so committed to ministry. We were really busy. And at the same time, we prayed, God, we don't want to lose our family over ministry. And so Donna and I had a date night every week. And I'll never forget one time a guy said to me, I need to see you, Don. And I said, well, I can't tonight. I have a date with Donna. And he was not happy. He was not happy that I would not give up a date with my wife to meet with him. So I had to learn to say, instead of saying, I have a date with Donna, I'd say, I have an appointment. And he'd say, okay, see you tomorrow. The sacrifice of time. Donna and I have learned a new word since we've been retired. It's the word weekend. We didn't have weekends, at least not for ourselves. The sacrifice of time. And then there's the sacrifice of time as related to preaching. That preparation, alone time. For 40 years, I prepared messages in my basement. Hour after hour, alone time. For pastors, they love to preach. We get to tell people who the real Jesus is, and yet there's a grind. Sometimes it feels like you're producing a term paper every week, and there's that love-hate, alone study, alone preparing the sacrifice of time. And then secondly, there's what I would call the sacrifice of people. We are called to love people, not only to be there for them, but to love them. Well, guess what? Not all people are easy to love. Not all pastors are easy to love. The bottom line is not all church people are lovely. But God has called us to a ministry to love every one of you. Every one of you. This may surprise you, but many pastors lean introverted. I tend to be introverted. And yet our jobs often force us to be raving extroverts. And that is exhausting. The sacrifice of people. A couple more and then we'll be finished. This is somewhat a repeat. There is the sacrifice of the burden of the gospel. I mentioned that before, but listen to these words of Paul. I want you to hear the question he asks. He says, for we believers are to God the aroma of Christ. Okay, you have that in mind? We are the aroma to Christ. Among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Now listen to this. To the one, we're the smell of death. To the other, the fragrance of life. Do you hear that burden? Do you feel that weight? Again, this is life and death stuff. But then Paul asked the incredible question, and who is equal to such a task? This is the apostle Paul asking the question. He's asking, who can live this gospel that is death to some and life to others? The burden 
of the gospel. It's a sacrifice. And then finally, there is the sacrifice of what I would call pure motives. In other words, why a pastor pastors. And I'll be honest, there are many temptations for pastors. Influence, power, the need to be needed, notoriety, fame, and yes, even money and sexuality. And sadly in our day, we've all seen all too often many pastors cave. Now I'm convinced most pastors begin humbly. But then they achieve some level of success. Perhaps their churches grow, and with that growth comes popularity and maybe influence. And slowly, pride sets in. The head gets a little big. And sadly, humility is replaced with arrogance. They surround themselves with yes people. And before you know it, ministry is not about the Lord and His kingdom. It's all about the pastor and his. Back to Philippians. After telling us that many had become more courageous in speaking the word of God, sadly, Paul went on to say in verse 17, some preach Christ out of envy. Some preach Christ out of rivalry. And in verse 20, some even preach Christ out of selfish ambition. In other words, it became all about them. Christ Central, in the year and a half I've been here, I have never picked this up from any of our staff or pastors. It's not about their ambition. It's not about their name. It's not about their popularity. And that is a special thing. I believe God is doing something special here at Christ Central, don't you? But only when our motives, pastors, staff, elders, women's leadership, people, when only when our motives are not for us, but to Him and for His glory. I'll be honest, I struggle when I get around church leaders who make it all about themselves. I I can smell it sometimes. But you know what Paul did? This is truly amazing. I I can't say I'm always where Paul was. In talking about those who preached out of selfish ambition, Paul said, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. That's amazing. That's incredible. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just not sure I'm there always. A year and a half ago, we came here to be with family, just to visit the church that family started to attend. And Daniel, when I walked in here, I came away sensing that God in His grace is choosing to bless this place. And as Donna drove away, we looked at each other and we said, would it be crazy if for a season in our lives we would get in a car every Sunday morning 
and other nights as it's grown to be, and drive an hour. We've never stopped coming because pastors and staff and elders, I want to thank you for your heart. I want to thank you for the love for the people of Christ Central. I want to thank you for your passion for the gospel. It oozes from you. And I want to thank you for the sacrifice. You couldn't preach this message. And one reason I felt funny preaching this message is that people would hear it and say, well, this is kind of the boys' club that's preaching today. But I just wanted to thank you for your heart and for your passion and your sacrifice. And Donna and I are thrilled for this season in our life to be here. God loves his church, so much so that he gave his son who gave himself up for the church. He is our chief shepherd. He loves you. He has a passion for you. He sacrificed his love for you. It's to his glory that we are all about. And it is his glory that we want this little small sea local church to be all about. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the privilege of being a part of a local church. You designed the church so that we would love you more. And I thank you for that. Chief Shepherd, as we come to the table, we pray that we would sense your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.